everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Feasible Filmcast. This is episode number 24 for October 5th. Uh, today on the show, we're going to be doing quite a few reviews, so I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get to any news, but um, we're going to be reviewing uh, Jodie Foster's Money Monster, James Wan's The Conjuring 2, as well as some horror movies here, um, Creep, uh, Kickboxer Vengeance, and our main review is going to be the, the newest uh, home invasion film uh, that premiered not too long ago called Don't Breathe. So let's go ahead and get things started um, with Money Monster. Now, this movie um, just kind of intrigued me um, just for the, um, the idea behind it. I thought it was pretty, pretty cool. And uh, it was being directed or it was directed by Jodie Foster and it stars um, George Clooney, of course, and uh, Julia Roberts and some other people you might might recognize. But uh, yeah, so I guess the movie was a success at the end of the day. Um, I can just tell you right off the top that I did not enjoy it all that much. Um, and especially for the budget it had, it was fairly, you know, cheap looking. Um and didn't really offer a lot as far as story. You know, it's just kind of like a paper thin plot. It um, kind of lays its like political views and views on money on its sleeve. But it, it when it, at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, it's just really, really obvious. You know, and the links that it goes to to to, cut, to try to suck some sort of drama out of it is just absolutely ridiculous. And towards the end of the movie it um it kind of just falls on its head so basically um this all happens within like the first five minutes so it's not really a spoiler but um so george clooney hosts a show called money monster on tv it's kind of similar to like you know like hardball or uh jim rome is burning where they just kind of they're kind of like a a really crazy personality with like high energy that they, you know, they just come on and kind of just throw stuff on the wall and don't really necessarily um, put a lot of, it seems seemingly don't put a lot of thought into it. You know, you just, you use it for controversy, you use it for headlines, you use it for clicks and things like that. You know, shows kind of like, um, like first take or um, like pardon the interruption. It's more just, just like quick little thoughts you throw out there that, um, kind of get to a, to a small little point, which should be like a huge, a bigger talking point. So George Clooney kind of runs this um, stock program where he comes on and he gives you advice on, you know, different stocks to take into account and which ones to kind of put your money towards or when to sell. And so, uh, and Julia Roberts is the like main board operator for the show. She's like the director for the show, I guess you could say. And, um, there's a there's a guy that comes in with like a package and he makes it from the street all the way onto the set and this dude like comes onto the set and he uh, pretty much opens the box and says he has a bomb and you know he wants some time to talk on TV so you know this happens within like the first like 5 or 6 minutes of the of the movie and you know you're wondering or at least I was I was wondering where the tension was going to be and when you find out what that tension is, it's just not all that exciting. And I guess it's like a minor spoiler. So if you want to skip ahead like 10 minutes or so, 
or five or 10 minutes, that's fine. But, you know, so he basically gets on TV and says, I, you know, I, I honestly didn't even see a trailer for this movie, so I don't know really what's spoiler and what's not. So this may have, may, may have been on the trailer. I'd, I'd assume so for the hook. But so he comes on and he just says, uh, George Clooney basically gave him a bad tip on uh, a company to invest in. And that, that investment went bust and he ended up losing like 60, his life savings. And he's, he was like a laborer. So, and he loses like $60,000. So, you know, you can kind of see where this is going. You know, it, it, it turns into more or less kind of like a negotiation ransom type movie where, uh, Julia Roberts is, you know, trying to get her cast, uh, and crew out of there. And uh, she can talk to George Clooney the entire time in an ear earpiece. And um, as he's talking to him, he, she kind of gives him advice and tells him that there's, you know, people coming in to help stop it and that there's a negotiation team and everything coming in. But like I was saying at the beginning, the, the main problem is there's just no tension and it just seems like it's fabricated. Um, and the sum of its parts just don't add up to a whole. It's, um, you know, the main guy that's on there asking for like retribution or he's going to kill, you know, everybody in the studio and shoot George Clooney. There's nothing really there because for one, you haven't established any of the characters. Um, for two, none of them really seem all of that, uh, scared in a sense. And number three, the response to it is very um, by the books. There's no, um, there's no overall tension. It's kind of just everything is just put in place and piece by piece, and you're kind of just watching it unfold. And there's no real meat in between that you know keeps you engaged, I guess. And the um, the ending was just was just terrible. So um, I would definitely not recommend this movie. Um, it, it's just it's really it's really really bad. So um, definitely avoid this. And as far as you know, the music goes and the uh, cinematography, there's nothing really to write home about. The acting isn't all that particularly well done. Um, but yeah, it all just comes down to plot, and the plot is just is very 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 bad. So definitely skip this one. Um, so let's uh, kind of change gears here and go into um, some horror movies. And um, the first one we have on the doc, the doc, excuse me, is um, The Conjuring 2. Now, I've always been a fan of James Wan. And I think that his body of work, for the most part, is pretty good. And um, he has a sense of how to place a camera, how to get new and interesting shots. And specifically with horror, he likes to do things that are classic, but kind of do a twist on that. You know, um, sort of like, you know, like when a magician comes out with a, a new card trick of, of a disappearing card, like you kind of know um, the basis of it, but he always adds like one small little twist in there that makes you go, wow, or, or you know, something a little bit interesting that makes it a little bit more watchable than your typical horror movies. And with The Conjuring 2, 
you know, it follows uh, Ed and Lorraine as they uh, take on another case about um, a little girl in England who is seemingly possessed by a demon um, that they go and investigate. Well, what's interesting about this one is Ed and Lorraine really don't even come into the picture until uh, like 20 minutes in. I mean, they're at the beginning, but they don't really don't come into being a big part of the movie until about 20, 25 minutes in, which is really interesting. So you really get time to stay with this family in England and you really get um, a sense of the terror and dread that the family is going through. And although it is, although I'd say the movie is kind of slow moving and methodical, it definitely has its payoffs once the, the horrors hit. And what's cool to me, I mean, I guess just being a huge horror fan, is the subtlety and all the different setups are things that you've seen before and uh, things you kind of know that, that are coming, but it's almost like Juan knows that you know and he wants to do something slightly different. And he's always had a really good knack of using, you know, classic tunes, classic music to amp up suspense. And he just uses it all. He uses music, he uses camera tricks, he uses slow moving um, pans and really kind of stays with the scene other than having, you know, these quick cuts where, you know, there's just a jump scare with a girl or boy with blacked out eyes or something coming towards the screen or biting the screen, which is, you know, a, a staple nowadays. But um, but as far as, you know, the acting all around, you know, I thought was really well done. And part of the story is um, Lorraine sees, uh, or if you didn't know uh, the setup, I guess, from the first movie, Ed and Lorraine are, are uh, demonologists. And uh, back in the, um, what would that be, like the 70s and 80s, I believe. And their most famous case, I guess, was the Amityville horror and, you know, they, they kind of made, got a reputation for, you know, taking on these paranormal and supernatural um, cases. And, you know, they, they ended up writing a book about it, like some short stories. And, you know, within that book, it, it's really interesting. And the, uh, what's interesting is the, uh, the Annabelle story was actually a really awesome story. It's just not very long. It's only like, if I remember right, it was like 12 pages and, you know, they're able to make an entire movie off of that one doll, but the doll was just a normal raggedy Ann. It didn't look like it did in the movie, but you know, they damp it up. Um, but you know, it's just interesting that they, um, for so long were able to, to take on all of these like strange cases and kind of bring them to the forefront and, uh, try their best to see what was going on within the homes and within these cases, but, um, so Lorraine's a medium and Ed is kind of like a, I guess you could say like a mentalist. And, um, so they, they end up coming to the house and this isn't really a spoiler. I just kind of want to give a setup. So they end up coming to the house and, you know, the, they, they tape the, they have the girl on tape and they're, you know, they're asking for the demon to come out and, you know, the demon talks to them and, um, they have to figure out, you know, what's going on with this family. So that's kind of where the, the, where it takes off. And from there, there's some twists and turns along the way. Um, there's some pretty good drama along the way. And, 
it just has a really good sense of build up and tear and dread. Not not anything that's going to knock your socks off, of course, um, and, and not as much as the first one, I'd say, because in the first one, if you remember, there was more. Uh, they go to an area where someone had already passed. So you already have a, a sense of danger for the crew that are already there because, you know, someone's already been killed or murdered or whatever. And this one, you know, it's just a girl being possessed. And, you've, you know, you've seen this many, many times and usually an exorcism involved and usually the, the, the demon either gets exorcised or it goes into somebody else and lives on or whatever. But in this one... They, they, they make a, a, a tiny little twist, a tiny little turn there towards the end, which I really, really enjoyed. And I would definitely recommend this one if you're more into something that's, you know, slightly off kilter, slightly different than your typical jump scare, blood and guts movie. You know, this one, you know, you could see, you know, with the family, it's meant more of like a haunted house feature than anything. So. I would definitely recommend this one. It's really good. I'd, I'd give this one um, four and a half stars. And uh, I just remembered I didn't give Money Monster a review. And I'd say that was in the 1.5 to 2 range. But um, yeah, definitely check out Conjuring 2. So the next one I'll talk about is a um, a, uh, a horror movie that, that came out about two years ago. Um, that was... Uh, done by uh mark duplass and you'd recognize him he is the he's like the main character in um that show the league i believe and uh so basically uh mark duplass's character puts out an ad on craigslist for um someone to come over and film him because he has a uh, some sort of cancer and he's gonna die i guess within the next month or so and uh, or that's what the doctor told him and uh, he wants to have uh, a video available so that you know he can kind of uh, show his kid later on because he has a kid and uh, he wants to show his kid later on like just how to do you know the first couple things like when he grows up you know he can watch the movie and kind of see you know how his dad was and you know in the in you know a couple of like tips and tricks here and there so that's kind of where it starts and you know, he, so the, the guy that answers the Craigslist ad, and I guess I should say straight up, it's a, uh, kind of like a found footage movie. And he, you know, he, it's, that's basically what it is. It's just these little small conversations, um, of the guy walking around filming Duplass's character and, uh, you know, going with him on hikes and things like that. And, it, you know, just like most horror movies, there's no real, uh, there's no real tension in this movie. There's no real dread or horror. And uh, it just all comes from uh, kind of the conversations had. You'll kind of see just just, af- just off the cup, just off the top. I mean, I wouldn't say this is too much of a spoiler. But, you know, he talks about his family and his and everything like that. But you never see him like at the beginning and I was already wondering like 10 minutes in where are they you know so that's already a red light and then um the guy just seems I mean like sorry the guy who's filming just seems a little too gullible for something like this and um 
seems to have his faculties about him, but you know, there's just certain things that happen and there's certain ways that um the Duplass's character is talk to him talking to him that it just, you know, something seems off. And especially just, you know, just having to film for the day and that's it. You know, you can kind of see like how strange the guy is, how off kilter he is, how um there's certain things that he brings up that are just strange. And uh it kind of all just delves into, you know, the uh you know how he's being filmed where he's going and kind of the the turn turnaround at the end you know kind of like that 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 moment where uh you know the 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 tides turn you know or the ti- the 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 time where you know someone reveals something or something slips up and when that happens it just kind of falls apart cuz you already know it's going to happen at the end, you know, everything's really set up at the beginning and it just doesn't, I know I'm skirting around the the issues here and it's hard to say anything because the movie, the, the, the plot is just really paper thin, but it, it comes down to just not being scary. And, you know, just like a comedy, if it's not funny, it just didn't succeed in my eyes. So in this movie, it just wasn't scary and it really wasn't that fun of a ride and, um, I mean, I guess it was a really good, uh, exercise, I guess, as far as trying something new with the found footage, but didn't really succeed in my eyes and I'd give it, um, I just, I just hope that was enough to kind of get a sense of the movie. It, it, uh, I guess some of the other things that, uh, I guess we could talk about were some of the locations, um, on the acting, as far as Duplass's character, it's kind of interesting because, or I guess one interesting point is you see, you don't really ever see a change in him um, until the end, of course, when things are being revealed. So, but you get to see like these weird little ticks. So it's almost like you're watching it and you know things are off about this guy. And even though you can kind of tell that the main character does as well, but he's like so determined, I guess, to film this guy, or he's like sympathetic, or what it, or I'm not sure what it is, but you can kind of see just in like facial mo- movements and like eye twitching and finger tapping and things like that that there's something off about the dude every so often, and that that's kind of interesting, but it's not enough to to add any real terror or dread or anything like that. So, um, with that said, I'd give it a solid, I guess, three and a half. It, it, you know, it was decent. So, um, yeah, check that one out. Um, and I guess the next movie we'll talk about is, um, let's go ahead and talk about, uh, kickboxer vengeance real quick and get that out of the way. Now this movie, uh, was interesting because I think it's like the like fourth or fifth movie. I haven't really kept up with it after like kickboxer two, but it's, I would say right off the top that it's an, like an insult to like action movies. Uh, I mean, I know it was like direct to DVD. I, I mean, it came out in select theaters, but I know for the most part, it was a direct to DVD film. It, uh, the cast is mainly MMA fighters. So there's nothing really to take away from the acting. 
But the biggest uh, flaw in this movie was that it is the exact same story as Bloodsport. Like you just change the a brother for I mean you just change a friend to a brother, and you just change the setting slightly from you know being like a kumite to like a Thai boxing ring, and the the, the biggest insult is you know it's it's a vin- it's a revenge movie so just like a blood sport you know there's like training montages of course and there's uh all sorts of like fighting techniques and things like that but the problem is is the, there's no there's nothing really going on that's any any is interesting at all so you have the main character i'm not sure who this guy is um so i think his name's like Al- Alain Musasi or something like that and uh he uh he like learn he he like shows up to a uh, uh a ring i guess where or like an area of uh i even forget thailand or something and he goes in and like these people just like kind of walk around in these caverns and stuff like that and just fight like all the time and it's just it really is a strange setting like they just like just this graveled area where they just like fight i guess i'm not sure spar or whatever and uh you know people i guess just come in and just for whatever reason just want to fight the the main guy which is dave batista and I guess he's some reigning champion or something, but he's known for like killing all of his opponent opponents or something like that. So he comes in and uh, the main character comes in and wants to, to, to take vengeance for his brother. And his brother went to John Claude Van Damme to, to learn. So he does the same. And the techniques, it, it just seems like he's already better than John Claude when he shows up. It's like, he's doing all the same like roundhouses and jump kicks and, um, you know, parkour type stuff. And he already seems like he's so much better than Jean-Claude. And I don't understand like the only type of montage that he teaches him that for any, that has any type of worth is just kicking some bats and kicking some coconuts really. (laughs) And, you know, it just, the, the biggest insult, I guess I should say is, um, towards the end, um, you can kind of, I mean, you can kind of guess, you know, what happens, you know, his brother is murdered and, you know, he goes back for vengeance and, um, it, it's hard to kind of say my piece of why I didn't really like the movie all that well without kind of spoiling the end. So if you don't want to spoil, like skip ahead, like three minutes and we'll be done with this. But, um, so Dave, so of course him and Dave Batista have a fight at the end and the dude ends up killing Batista and you know taking vengeance or whatever but the thing is is like everybody's cheering and going on about it and it seemed like all along the guy was there not just to just kick his butt but to kill him as well so and he's happy about it and like raises his fist in the air and it's just insulting like you know two wrongs don't make a right and him going in and in and murdering this guy i I mean, I know it's like a fair fight and everything like that, but it just rubbed me the complete wrong way when he does that. It's just, it's just, you know, 
it's just it's just terrible. You know, I mean, that's all I can really say. It just it just rubs me the wrong way, and it's just it was just absolutely terrible. So, Kickboxer, you know, from start to finish was too long. Action scenes just seem so set up with terrible, you know, stunt work and and uh, you know choreography was just so bad. It just seems like it was you know back in the done back in the eighties or nineties. It's just you know action movies have kind of more or less evolved in the last couple of years and um, or I guess de-evolved in the way you look at it because most of them are like straight to DVD but there are some people out there doing interesting things like the raid movies and um, a lot of the movies coming out of like Thailand and Indonesia are really good um, so I mean just to have this it just especially having like just MMA fighters and you know they just kind of just show up it's like it's like a video game you know you just go from guy to guy to guy to guy you just you know you just fight them and there's no real sense of um uh, setup for any of the characters so it was just bad so i'd give that like a half star so um moving on um i just kind of have a quick quick review of intruders it's uh also i guess called shut-in and this movie is kind of interesting. It's uh, about a woman who is caring for her uh, father who passes away inside of a home for like the past couple of years who has cancer. And uh, she has like a, a syndrome where she can't go outside. It starts with an A. I can't remember uh, what it's called exactly, but she can't go outside. And uh, uh, so there's a couple of like thugs or whatever around town that figure out that you know, that the, uh, the the father passed away and that there was a funeral. And, you know, they were thinking, well, like, there's no way that, you know, she's not going to go to the funeral of her own father. But she doesn't end up going. And at that same point, they end up coming in and uh, kind of terrorizing her and, and wanting to see, you know, wanting to come in and, you know, just kind of steal stuff from the house and whatnot. So what makes it kind of interesting is, it, it or, or has like a different dynamic is you know she can't leave the house like she physically can't leave the house like she has a condition so it's kind of interesting seeing the back and forth um you know when she does have her first break to run outside she can't and you know the the guys bring her in and what's weird is or, or what's interesting is the the it seemingly the people that are you know raiding the house or whatever aren't like terrible terrible people or at least most of them aren't. And they don't really want to like hurt anybody. They're just there to like steal their stuff and get out of there. And so, you know, the, the, the dialogue that they have with her is really interesting because, you know, they're, they're wondering themselves, like, why didn't you just escape? You know, why did you stay inside or whatever? And they kind of learn about the phobia or whatever. And, uh, where the movie has kind of a turn, when in a very very like interesting turn is when uh you know she starts to retaliate and you find out without spoiling anything it's kind of unique it's kind of a unique premise is they uh when she kind of starts to retaliate she has uh let's just say some tools or some means to do that and it kind of goes off into a completely different area than you would imagine and the reveal of that is is kind of interesting. It's been done before in other movies, but this one kind of gives you that kind of that 
it goes from being kind of a home invasion movie to more or less like more of a like a hardcore horror movie, kind of like Don't Breathe does. And in these movies that um, like have home invasion, like uh, it seems like lately, like in the past year or so, there's been a lot of movies like this. So, you know, that deal with some type of dis- disability, like Hush, in, in the movie Hush, you know, the woman's at her, pretty much at her log home, but she's deaf. And in this movie, the lady can't go outside. And then in Don't Breathe, um, the man is, you know, from Vietnam is blind. So it's all about these weird um, occurrences and what the characters uh, can do to try to, you know, get out of there. So it uh, it has it has like an interesting premise. I Once you get the twist of what's going on in the history of the house, it's kind of shocking, but then quickly deflates after that and kind of just ends... Uh, uh, you know, it's okay, but you know, it, it's just, I'd give it props just because of the idea. Um, and that it kind of has that second layer on top of it. And the acting is, you know, decent. Um, so I'd say it's definitely worth checking out. It, it didn't, it won't blow your mind if you're, you know, a horror fan, but it was pretty good. And, um, I'd give that movie like a two, two and a half. And I know that's kind of low, but it just, it's more or less the idea behind it other than anything else that will blow you out of the water as far as the, the, the cinematography or the uh, acting or the music or anything like that. It, it, uh, it just kind of has an interesting premise. So let's go ahead and just get straight into our main review. Um, it's called uh, Don't Breathe. And this movie was directed by Fede Alvarez and written by him. And you know, it was done like on a minuscule budget, made quite a bit of money and was, um, um, oh, sorry. It, it premiered at the South by Southwest like a couple months ago and, you know, just recently came out on, uh, VOD and whatnot. Um, but, uh, so, uh, it, it basically is about a, uh, a couple of kids that break into home, they go around to these houses, breaking into houses that um, one of them selects because his father works for a security company and they can kind of pick and choose who they want to go after. And the one house that they pick is of a uh, kind of a disabled veteran. Um, I'm from, is it from Vietnam? I think it's from Vietnam. And, uh, and the deal with him is he's blind. So, you know, they show up to the house and, you know, see that he's blind. They're like, oh, well, this is just going to be a cakewalk. So one of the kids is kind of level-headed. The other one's kind of the hothead. And then you have uh, the girl that's kind of in between them. And uh, so um, there's not a lot of things I can talk about this movie. I'm going to have to do kind of like a small little spoiler area towards the end. But um, where the movie goes is very similar to Intruders, and the fact that you know it seemingly is a is a uh, you know kind of like a, a home invasion movie, um, but goes into a direction that you will definitely not see coming. Like it's a fairly original idea, um, and this isn't one of those movies where. Um, you'll probably want to recommend somebody saying that it's excellent unless they're a horror fan. Um, but because they'll definitely be 
definitely be grossed out by it. Um, not in the same sense as like something like Inside or you know like Martyrs, but kind of, or High Tension, but it's along those lines. So the the there's a kind of like a it's not really spoiling anything. I guess there's like a twist there towards you know the middle to end um, where they tackle something that's uh, kind of crazy in the uh, in the scheme of things. And, um, but I mean, overall, uh, I enjoyed some of the, uh, the effects they use with the, of, of, uh, the night shot and how they, uh, kind of show, uh, the main act or once, once the kids are in the house and they're trying to raid it and find all the, all the money and things like that, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting seeing how, um, the, the blind man goes around and tries to find them and looks for them. And, you know, it's, it's cool, like really cool and like, like tension building scenes of, you know, someone having to, you know, like the bad guy or whatever being like right next to him and them having to stand completely still and them not being able to see him. It's kind of like the same idea of like you trying to hide from a ghost, but the ghost being like right in front of you. So, um, that is interesting. And they do, they play around with that quite a bit and it's fun. Like there isn't any like traps or anything like that set up. It's basically just, you know, them trying to navigate their way through the house to find the money and leave and not wanting to leave until they get this said money. So, um, but it all boils down to this twist at the end. And, um, there's, um, there's some moments in there with a dog, uh, that, you know, that runs around and, uh, you know, tries to attack them. And that that was really interesting. It, it kind of reminds you of like, uh, Cujo or, uh, like recently, uh, the green room, uh, with Patrick Stewart, like with their dogs and that, it's kind of similar to that, similar to that. Um, you know, they have like an attack dog that's kind of going after them and they, they definitely, I know they don't cast these, well, I guess they do in a way that they, they get the, the dog, I guess it was like a, I don't know, it, it looked like a basset hound or something like that, but it was like a really, really big dog. And, uh, there might have been like half pit bull, half something, but it's just terror. Like the dog is terrifying, and you know it's going after him. It's it's pretty pretty creepy, and adds like another layer to a movie you didn't think there was gonna be, uh, um, like like something kind of like that clever because you know it's kind of a, it's a seeing eye dog, but it's also an attack dog, which is kind of interesting, I guess, when you look at it that way. But uh. Yeah, I would definitely recommend, like I said earlier, like I, it's hard to recommend something like this, but if you're looking for something that will shock you, this will definitely shock you, I believe, um, kind of like those are the movies I mentioned. And it may or may not leave a good taste in your mouth there towards the end, but it will definitely shock you. So I'd give this one definitely a four just because of that shock value. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, well, let's go ahead and... Uh, <clears throat> get into some spoilers uh so you know it, this is going to be like a quick quick spoiler session so you know if you want to you can just skip ahead like a minute or two but um yeah so in the at the end of the movie it just uh boils down to i mean you have to talk about the end you know so that they're going through you know once they make it through the house and everything like that and um both like the the guys get killed it's interesting to see uh, when the girl gets away, 
it just like that that part with the dog attacking her in the car was just great like it, it just reminded you of yeah like something like Cujo and the the creative ways about the dog kind of going around and jumping back inside the hood or back in the trunk and like coming towards them and I thought that was like really effective and it looked really real um, coming kind of face to face with the dog when it's like frothing at the mouth and whatnot it it looked um it didn't look like you know like most of the time when dogs like are, are like that in movies and it seems like there's like a key like snap or something where they kind of turn off you know the 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 viciousness in this it just seemed like it was so realistic and that's really kind of like the main thing i have with the spoiler uh and like the shock value of the guy, the blind man like holding uh you know when his daughter got ran over and he went over and like stole the daughter uh of the family who ran over him or whatever and like brought her there and you know was going to turn like wanted to impregnate her and get a daughter out of her which was was mm-hmm. ridiculous in my eyes it just i'd never even thought of anything like that it's crazy and uh or you don't think about that when it's hap you know of course you just think it's like a home invasion so when that's thrown on you it just like adds that like you know bit of of uh like like shock value and grossness to the whole thing and you're like well man this guy's like like bottom of the barrel like you know and uh where it goes from there is just equally like frightening and terrifying but uh it seems like they are going to make like a sequel. I heard there's like talks to make a sequel, which would be weird. I don't know how they would do that, but um, well, I guess we'll have to see uh, towards the end or I'm sorry, like, you know, moving forward. So um, yeah, I guess that brings us towards the end of the show here. Um, You know, uh, next week's show, I guess let's talk about next week's show next week. I'd like to do some like more along the lines of those, of these horror films. Um, maybe get into uh, uh, the, the lights out that came out. I, I didn't get a chance to see in the theater. So we might talk about that. Um, and then some other things. Let's see. Let's see some other movies that are coming out. Um, you know, we might review. Let's see. What's coming out this next week. Okay, so we've got Girl on the Train coming out, Birth of a Nation, um, and, you know, just some various other films here. Nothing that's sticking out to me. So, um, yeah, we'll probably stick to, um, you know, something that's, you know, mainly come out recently. Um, I'd like to check out um, Deepwater Horizon or um, Home for Peculiar Children or, or possibly Magnificent Seven. So, um just uh, follow me at Lee Van Martin. We'll choose something throughout the week and kind of, uh, or the rest of the week and kind of throw it out there and see what you guys want to hear. Um, I- I'm kind of interested in the girl on the train. I thought that the novel was pretty good. Um, so I'm kind of interested in that just to kind of see, you know, the differences involved in that. So that may be interesting, but otherwise definitely, um, I'll try to do like, like a modern horror movie, maybe like an eighties horror movie. And then like, like a classic horror movie. Um, like I know, um, 
I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. So I'll just, like I said, I'll throw some stuff out there throughout this next week and kind of see what sticks and see what you guys want to listen to. If you have any suggestions for horror films, hit me up at Lee Van Martin again on Twitter and uh, we can um, kind of like discuss and, and go back and forth and see, you know, what we want to listen to or what we want to talk about. So until then, um, you can email me at feasiblefilm at gmail.com with any questions and comments for the show. Um, if you would mind like sharing this on like Twitter, Instagram, wherever you have your social medias and, uh, also go on like iTunes and rate us if you would mind. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess until next time, stay feasible. <laughs>